It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 622. And we got Hamish back, Blake, back. back in the studio. Back. Loosely powdered. <laughs> to be on episode 500. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Just a cool 122 late. The thing about the show is we make promises, but promises mm-hmm. aren't promises when we make them. Yeah. yeah in podcast I mean, land. I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I mean, me and Andy, <laughs> on our show, our show should basically be called whims and letdowns. <laughs> just, we just, I mean, the thrill of a short-term morale-boosting yeah. promise just sounds so fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> then, uh, our podcasts are just full of me making things up I can't deliver. It's the uh, return tour. If you decide, you just come back and fulfil all the promises or the whims that you mm. made. We don't even, we can't even keep track of them. Yeah. Like, occasionally we get listeners like writing and going, hey, didn't you guys say that by the end of the year you would put something in space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Obviously needed something... <laughs> A cool sounding thing to wrap up that episode. Uh, well, today, Elon, Elon Musk, like, surely he's making a lot of promises that he's not delivering. Is he like, his business model? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that for like 10 years for Tesla, like the first 10 years mm-hmm. of Tesla were like, oh, God, it's just, I'm mean, just about to put the final hubcap on. You're going to love it. <laughs> he's digging in holes. There is tunnels under LA, but I, yeah. I haven't heard anything There's more of it. it. It's the- happening out the back. <laughs> um, today, Haim, is Fat Fridays. It's you where bet. we celebrate the end of the week with our favorite food. Yeah, great. Uh, so we've got 97 to organize. So what what have you got, Seb? Well, today, Hamish, you'll be eating hot wings with ranch sauce, a prawn pad thai, a double cheeseburger, loaded fries, double glazed donuts. I hope I'm getting a kickback for this from Uber Eats. <laughs> this is my Uber Eats ad. <laughs> a strawberry shake to wash it down, and obviously, a salad and a monster. He's on to us. Thank you, Happy Harry, can you please get all the food? That Are you we're joking? Just, I mean, no, we, we went well to. Well done. Uh, you literally <laughs> fulfilled my Uber Eats ad so order. So we did the, yeah. Did, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I don't cover, yeah. You've covered the branding oh, on the no, camera. No, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Do you think okay. this would... Okay. So there's oh, yes. so there's the milkshake. There's We've got the monster. I don't know. You can have a smash, smash whichever one. It's nice that you've got the monster. But I think if you watch the ad, it's because I go, and a salad. I, I go, I'm not a monster. Well, we spent five minutes analyzing it. analyzing it. I thought it sounded crystal clear to me because I go, oh, and a salad. I'm not a monster. Because <laughs> that's we, like can we know monster? the monster was the most expensive bit. We got I, this yeah. at 7 Eleven. That was like, $14. Why would I get a monster? I just <laughs> got some. Oh, uh, look at the loaded fries. fries. Okay. I'm just getting um, out everything so we can. Oh, this is insane. Uh, I mean, no on one time. likes hearing. People eat on radio, but nah. do you know how hard it is to get a pad thai at eleven thirty? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this studio is literally opposite one of Melbourne's best it's thai true. restaurants. It doesn't open until eleven thirty, yeah. and we couldn't have that risk yeah. of oh, it not coming. Oh, so look at that. Oh, this is a, the double. This is awesome. Oh, anyway. This is a salad because it looks like a lot of fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. and so we've got uh, the that next that thirty minutes that? for you to eat every <laughs> bit of food here. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with this, although the, I just had a bit of that chicken. It's a little bit cold. <laughs> it's really hard to dial in time. Oh, and I'm not even going, you guys. It what, sounds. What I've realised, mm-hmm. what it just reminded me of is I've got a thing about, and I'm not having you go here at the quality of the food either, but <laughs> low quality fried chicken does something to my guts. Really? And I get crazy food poisoning. Even if everyone eats the same stuff, the times yeah. I've had horrific food poisoning, it's been like a bad nug or a bad... Mm. Chicken burger, mm. high end stuff. You're fine. I've I just mean, re- I've just realised we don't get people to sign before they eat. We do Fat Fridays every Friday. Mm-hmm. And what if someone got sick from something we'd put together? We got release forms. Did no, you ever think fault. about that during a radio? Like, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you've, it's, this is the Wild West. Do whatever you want. <laughs> 
You just broadcast on the dark web. <laughs> you just, Lim- people. Limited audience of drug dealers on the dark web watching our show. So. Assassins, assassins and drug dealers <laughs> love Fat Friday. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot coming from Russia watching our show. Here's the thing. I mean, this this could this could come back to bite me, but the the blue I've, shorts. No, I mean blue shorts. <laughs> like loaded fries could drop on my blue school uniform shorts. But the the we 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 did this thing once on the radio show where we wanted to eat the board at Macca's because mm-hmm. growing up it was like a thing. Uh, it was talked about, can you eat the whole board? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, should we do it? Should we do it? And we, we decided together, me and Annie, like one episode, we'll just eat the board at Macca's, do the show from McDonald's, we're going to eat the board. Then it became a huge argument because when we when we were at high school, that was like 99, <laughs> there was a much smaller menu. Yeah. When it, it was much more possible <laughs> to eat the board. Since then, it's like you got the Angus stuff. You've got wraps. All the wraps, all the mm. salads, like the dessert menus tripled in size. This is spicy too, by the way. You happy with those spicy wings? Yeah, well, he said good, spicy. Yeah, no, it's good. Like it came down, it came down to choosing the, an argument erupted over what we would decide like classic and original. Mm-hmm. That was the definition. So we're not going to do Angus. Okay. We're not going to do create your taste. What about a double tastes. cheeseburger? That is classic. Double cheeseburger okay. was Triple on the classic. Triple cheeseburger? Mm, not original. Pounder? No, that's Quarter pounder, yeah, for sure. A pounder. Oh, a pounder. It's no, not no, no, a, you get that's it. That's four. a... These are all the ones you can invent. That's create sure. your taste. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember you the board? Do you remember the create your... So I did an Instagram... I've never spoken spoken about it, but I did an Instagram post maybe about five oh, years ago. you did too about how impressed you were. I was just like so pumped about it. It was the first time I said, this is a game changer. This is going to be the next McCafe. And it was very much <laughs> yeah. unsponsored content. And it was. And then you were emceeing a Macca's event. Yeah. And you <laughs> sent me a photo of their market, their head of marketing <laughs> was doing like, a big keynote and was like, like, this look, is what people are saying. Mm. Uh, it's taken off. Like, here's a random selection of, of, of messages. And I was like, oh, has it really taken off? In my head I was going, oh, that's interesting. That's Because, you know. My mate Josh, he was even writing about it. And literally it was Josh's Instagram post about that because that was kind of the only one that had made it up at that stage. Because yeah. I don't think the average McDonald's customer is like Creating racing yeah. like you are to go, mm-hmm. I would like to mm-hmm. spread the word here about a great marketing idea and this is an excellent step up for the corporation. Yeah. I mean, it was the first going, and only time you had it, right, that one time? No, or? I did a few times, but I did the same thing with uh, Domino's. The guy, Don, who's like the CEO of Domino's. Don he's, Eno's. He's, he's got a... <laughs> it should be. But he's, no, he's charismatic. He's, he's very he's a charismatic. Yeah. And he's always on Instagram. I think the Arnie Donner boys are good friends with him because I think they did a thing on their podcast about... I think they went to the Domino's head office. I think they were to really? Domino's for an episode, yeah. Mm. Well, That's a dream. Yeah, no, but he, yeah, he's very charismatic. And he got me on. They started doing these all-natural thick shakes. Yep. And so I just got obsessed for for a long time. So I, I am someone who leans into brand evangelism when I'm not getting paid. Yeah, What's I your, really what, appreciate it. So what, what I was going to say with Maccas yeah. was the eve of eating the board, we have this argument over the chicken and cheese. So the McChicken's in. Yeah. Chicken and cheese, no worries. Like chicken and cheese, sorry, was controversial. Mm. We're like, well, that is a newish burger. I don't remember the chicken and cheese growing up. Is it a McChicken? It's a McChicken with cheese. Never heard of it. So me and Andy are dividing up the board. Who's going to do what? Like, Andy, you're going to do Big Mac. I'll do a quarter pounder, right? I'll do the McFeast. Uh, Andy, you're on double cheeseburger. And we're kind of like selecting what half of the board would do. I'm going, let's do the chicken and cheese. And he's like, no, no, you're crazy. We've got too many burgers. We're Mm. not going to get through them. That's not classic and original. I'm like, I love chicken and cheeses. We're going to do it. Someone, one of their producers went off to buy one. was like, oh, this will be a good idea. We're talking about like quarter past four, show ends at six o'clock. They go off and buy one. They get stuck in traffic. They come back. It's like an hour later that I get this chicken and cheese. 
and we weren't we like we'd stop talking about it, but then we're like, all right, last few minutes of the show, Andy, we got a chicken and cheese. I'm gonna taste it and tell you if it's classic original or whatever. Just bit into it. And again, I'm not having got Maccas here, but as it was freezing cold <laughs> and my mouse just went, Uh oh. That's the bat that's the thing. That that like cold, like fried chicken mm. does something to me. That doesn't do to other people because yeah. other people were eating the Maccas they got from that mm. store. So is it in the he- in your head? I don't know what it is. It's like a, it carries a key within it that unlocks some sort of bacteria in my gut. Yeah. That night I just vomited for six hours. I had to call off eating the board. was just violently <laughs> ill. had to postpone it to the Monday. I mean, it just got me at the last. And for a second when I ate that chicken, I was like, uh-oh, that's my kryptonite. <laughs> Freezing cold chicken Jeez. is my kryptonite. Mate, I know someone that says that tuna in a can gives them cold sores and there's something in it. That gives them a cold sore. It sounds crazy, but I I understand mm. knowing. I can't describe it any better than a key in a lock because everyone else <laughs> eats it mm. often when this sure. happens. Yeah. And like I had food, I got food poisoning one time at LAX and we were flying oh, home. No. Like when I was, you know, years and years ago, I was like 23 and I could just feel it. And it was from a bad, it was from a bad bunch of nachos, chicken nachos. Oh, oh no. Because you, you don't even need to add the protein to nachos. You don't. Yeah. Just like that's is enough. Yeah. What's your diet nowadays? I mean, you're looking lean. You're looking. Oh, your setup's great. Setup's great. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this was recorded or not, but before we set up, I realised this morning I took my son to school and I'm in shorts and white tube socks and <laughs> sneakers and a jumper. And yeah. That's kind of the school uniform for <laughs> my son's primary school. So, and I was I taught him down ball this morning too. Okay. So we found a tennis ball and we were like, "Oh, we got ten minutes before school starts." I said, mm-hmm. "Do you know what down ball is?" And he's like, "No." I mean, he's just started prep, so this is all fresh. Mm. And I showed him down ball and... I don't even know down ball. Is that, is that a poison ball? No, where you hit it against the wall and you tap with, with your hand. Oh, that's called yeah. um, four square. No, no, no. That's <laughs> called down ball, Josh. <laughs> it's tennis without I'm a so bat sorry you, I'm so sorry you had a sheltered <laughs> well, upbringing. But two square if it, there's two yeah, squares. N- this is, this is an unsquared game. You just need a, <laughs> you just need a wall. Okay. A but wall d- and a ball. But it's called down ball. There's no mention of the wall in the name. Okay. Well, you're hitting the ball down into the ground. Uh-huh. It bounces up. And, you know, the wall's there to rebound the ball. You don't mention... It's squash. It's basically squash without it's not a racket. squash. No, it's down ball. <laughs> um, like, you, so don't mention, torn- you don't mention the ground. You don't mention your hand. Okay. You squash. don't mention the sky, the breathable atmosphere. There's a whole okay. bunch of things that are okay. present that you don't mention. Okay, but sure. you just mention... The ball going down. Ball going down. That's what's called, okay. called down yeah. ball. And so <laughs> did you play it just with Sonny then? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, this, I was playing before school and mm-hmm. he was right into it. And then I realised mm. we were in the year six area. Like, uh. you know, I don't know. This, he's in prep. We're in the year six area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but think, there was a big kid there, six foot four. And, they, and I think they were looking, they were like, they were giving me a bit of stink eye, but I, I had the feel of being the biggest year six. So I was allowed to, I was allowed to be in there. Mate, year six has felt huge when you were prep oh, or mate, grade one. If it was the other night, we had the welcome barbecue right, yeah. for the primary school. We're at the barbecue. Kids going crazy because, like, for a lot of them, it was the first time they've had lemonade or whatever and it's late. My, and so Sunny's like, they're all wrestling around on the playground. He bumps into one of his friends and she's got a brother in year four. She thought Sonny pushed her or whatever. Mm-hmm. He comes over, oh, he sees it and he goes, you, you push my sister. And he's like, terrifies. No, 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 I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then he like stamped on Sonny's foot and he was like, I mean, if you got my, if you push my sister, I'm going to get you. Sonny's like Ooh. freaking out coming to me because and I remember it's like when you're in prep, if a year four says I'm going to get you, that's yeah. like a bikey saying yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, get yeah, you. Yeah. They're holding a shiv. Like yeah, you, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're like, I'm, I might have to move schools. <laughs> got to the welcome back here. Called it off. Sorted it out. What did you do? Because yeah, I feel like I'd be the kind of dad. Slipped him a 50. Here you go. 
Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> I've hired some U6s to beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, you just got to explain it to him, mate. I didn't want to step in. I mean, that's the moment where you go, yeah. do I step in here and mm-hmm. go, don't worry, we'll go and sort this out with him. But, you, you know, you just step back. Because basically you want to tell, you can't, but you, want, you spend the whole time wanting to tell your son, mate, literally I remember three things mm. from the seven years I was at primary school. So none of this matters. This nothing matters. Like this won't <laughs> be one, one of them the, was down ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of them was the rules of a game called down ball, which is against the wall. Yeah. I was like, so you always want to say to him, "Oh mate, no one cares. No, yeah. there's none of nothing that's happening will ever be remembered." But you have to be like, I understand it's big for you now. Yeah. Just go and chat to him. You'll sort it out, and they were able to sort it out. Being a parent is super triggering. Yesterday, I rocked up to daycare, and Katie, the teacher, said, "Oh, Tommy, can I have a word to you?" And all automatically, my heart's going, "Don't you?" F-? You yeah, know, like it's yeah. because I got told off a lot. Yeah. Oh, right. And then she said, "So you went." There'd be two schools of thought here. Like one is like your your little boy has done something wrong, or he's gifted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you can be the judge. Yeah. She said, "Can you please have a word at home with Bodie to tell him that?" Pissing on the ground and laughing <laughs> is, it's not okay. <laughs> so he's there and he got all the other kids, he's pissing onto the floor oh, no. and oh, inside, laughing about inside, it. Yeah. Inside. Well, he, they, they're, so, they're no, mini. I mean, I'm going to so say, I don't want to be harsh, you're not gifted. <laughs> no, yeah, unless there's some other, unless he's like teaching them fluid dynamics or something. He had the kids <laughs> laughing, mate. It's what you yeah. do for a living. That's true, actually. Maybe gifted. Maybe. He's, he's learned early. Go for yeah. cheap laughs. But it is. I felt like at that moment, like, uh, triggered, but then I was like, no, that's not okay. You can't piss on the floor. Yeah. You can piss in the in the garden, yeah. but not on the- Well, I, there is a weird amount of public pissing at daycare and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. like and oh, kinders yeah. and stuff now, I was surprised when I, I remember walking and like, all the toilets are like mini toilets, oh, yeah. but they're very open. It's like a prison mm, cell. Really? There's no cubicles. Yeah. Like the one of the daycares that we were using, it's like you are, it is a prison cell. Like oh, yeah. you are just pissing in an open toilet with no walls around it. Yeah, It's a good skill because <laughs> I, I struggle at the trough. And in, like imprisoned conditions. <laughs> Teaching kids like, this is what it's no, like I in jail, like, so you might as well like get used to doing you, a shit now with yeah. everyone watching. I think that's a really good skill. Yeah. Like even doing sort of I, the squatting toilets or whatever, um, like the wet toilets in Southeast Asia. Yeah. I've fucked that so many times. I walked once when I was wearing mm. socks and it was like nightmare. Actually, yeah. I feel I've never been out of nail it. Do you have to mm. take your pants all the way off? Yeah, so you're meant to like. T- ideally, you take your, yeah, you take your clothes because off. I cannot get the angle right. Maybe my body doesn't fold <laughs> up right. Where if I have kept put my pants around my feet, you're like when we've been traveling and stuff, in when you have to go to yeah. a squat toilet, you put your pants around your feet. I squat down. My ass is right above my pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this, I haven't done anything. I haven't credited any clearance or leverage. Yeah. So you got to take your pants off. Oh, and then good. you need. I feel like you need a handle in there to lean back yeah. on. Do you talk to, like, when you have a kid, do you talk about uh, toilet stuff? Because I feel like I, I'm 29, but I'm still extra cautious about getting piss on my shorts. Like, and I've got this, like, feel, like yeah. always trying to. I remember Googling it many years ago and worked out that if you just tap your gooch after you piss, <laughs> you can get any extra little bit of fluid that's that potentially right? there. I yeah. think, I, I actually think this is gross, but I think physically you're never going to completely empty the tube, are you? Well, mm. I feel like that's a new look isn't on the, life. Isn't the, a, the actual muscle that stops you from coming down, I feel like that's right back yeah, up yeah, in your yeah. body. Yeah, it's right in there. Yeah. So, aren't you, you know, it's that thing you have like with a straw, like with a milkshake where you put your thing over the top and you can get a straw full of fluid. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're always kind of that's eventually. So, we've all got a little bit of piss in there. Yeah, I think you're just always going to have it. I mean, you've mm. got to try and use shake. You can use paper if you want, but yeah. I reckon no matter what you do, uh-huh. 
something's going to get out. Well, so what we're talking about is young. They're not. They don't understand. They haven't been you could sort teach of them. affected. You get middle age. You care about it. Yeah. As you get older, you don't give a shit. You're pissing me. yourself. Whatever. Probably, okay. Yeah, probably peaks around about yeah your teens, doesn't it? You care about, <laughs> but you. I mean, the general rule is you just go like, watch out for where it's got germs in it. Like, you know, don't touch okay. the don't touch the public toilet lids. Mm. Just mm-hmm. be careful. Don't touch anything in here. Okay. Even though urine is sterile, that that's the part of you know you have mm. that parent thing where you're like, oh, I could teach him a fun fact here. Like, ah, this will confuse it. <laughs> We's dirty. Don't touch it. Just don't get yeah. it on you. When um when you go to a toilet and there's the option of cub- cubicles or yep. going to the trough. Yeah. Are you always like I wish I had the confidence to always which guy are you? Yeah, which <laughs> yeah, where do you where do you land? Do you know what honestly, I mean I got no issue with the trough, but if I've just had if I've just been busy and I need a bit of quiet time, yeah. I'll take a cubicle. Yeah. I'll stand, but I'll just be like I just want to be alone for a bit. Yeah, I just yeah. like to be. I, like to, I mean, I came in here for a break. Usually, you go into the toilet for a bit of a break, a yeah. bit of a timeout. And <laughs> so, if I'm, I just feel like it's a bit of a hectic day, I'll take a cubicle just for a wee. And I know mm. people can hear me just weeing in the cubicle, and that's fine. And they'll it? judge me. And and you can do it. You're allowed to. That's mm. what toilets are. I don't know why there's this big thing about, you know, don't go to the, cu- don't go to the cubicle to wee. I mean, that's what we do at home all the time. I, that's how that's I wee true. at home. I mean, I'm a sit downer. It's to wee. Yeah. I can't be bothered. I'm just want that. I, I found rest I, I said if I go for a if I go for a wee during the night now. Yes, like, you do. I'm getting old and like my back hurts. <laughs> and my hurts. And I was like, I'll sit. I'll yeah, sit. It's good. I'll sit at night because you can have a micro sleep while pissing. Yeah, yeah. It just feels a lot but more. Also, relaxing. you don't have to even turn the lights on necessarily. Exactly. Like you know what's true. Going actually, on. that's your guaranteed accuracy. We were um, having a meeting with our accountant, the first one, Josh, not mm-hmm. a couple of okay. days ago, but. Uh, we were all busting and I found myself at the urinal mm. with the accountant. Mm. And oh. it's just like it's where you can't just – being silent is a bit weird. And as much as I don't get weird and silence much, I was like – we continued our conversation. Okay, that's good. And so – When are we going to get to the stage where we just have a boardroom table with three toilets <laughs> around it? We can all shit and piss and chat in well, total that's comfort. Daycare. That's, that's, daycare. <laughs> that's what they're teaching them. Yeah. Next and step is a t- table. What have you um, What have you learned as a parent that you've had to relearn? Like what What is sunny care about or that you didn't realise was a yeah, thing? Good question. The I mean, just just general levels of interest. I mean, I've, going back to what we we're talking about before about going your 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 impulses for everything to go. I oh, mate, who cares about this? No one cares. Mm-hmm. Like realistically, this whatever this issue is in the playground, mm. this will this will register nothing in your long term memory. Although you do know that you remember some weird stuff when you're a kid. Yeah. So you you know that like the danger is that you're gonna like brush everything away, and you don't want to grow up going, Mum mm, and Dad don't understand the things that are important to me. So you always the the thing that I'm always doing is just trying to go, is this, like, how can I go, I totally understand this is important to you now, but at the same time be sweeping it away as fast as mm. I can. So that's that's the skill I reckon I'm probably working on the most. Mm. You have to be a good cop, bad cop. Like, do, do you say, okay, Zoe, can you play this? Like, no. I'm going to play this. I like playing. Like, it's fun to play. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're the same body. Like, it's it's fun to get back into that world of being at playgrounds mm. and playing and mm. and. Play down ball and just yeah. just just having a tennis ball suddenly is like you're back to going. Mm. This is a great half an hour if we just got a tennis ball. Let's throw it around and yeah. find stuff to do with it. <laughs> Our neighbour bought Bodie a blower for his third birthday. A leaf blower, annoying mm. but also so cute because yeah. he's it's half the size of him. He's Mate, just blowing leaves. Yeah, everyone. I mean, I don't have a Roomba. <laughs> I feel like you would have a Roomba, Josh. Uh, no, we've got a Dyson. Roombas just does that have effective. a wall? Is that yeah. got a wall involved or what do you mean? Down do, ball. Do you clip it on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. 
something. Well, I've discovered something way better than a Roomba, which is yeah. So a hang on, a Roomba is a vacuum. They're the robot yeah, yeah. vacuums that gotcha, go around your house gotcha. and they map the house. Did you stuff. think it was a ball game? I was joking <laughs> that it could have been a ball game. Oh. It sounded like a vacuum. It derailed things. Well, it was worth the risk. (laughs) (laughs) It was worth a shot. Look, I'm going to have a bite of my uh, hot wing. If you've got a five-year-old that gets obsessed with a dust buster, Mm -hmm. like Sunny does, that's a Roomba. That that is a good Roomba because I'm like, here's the dust buster. Mm -hmm. Find that. Like, find it. Hunt. Mm. Hunt. Find whatever you can. And then for like 10 minutes, it will just be like looking under couches (laughs) and trying to vacuum everything up. It's amazing. I've got a free cleaner. But the Roomba also doesn't dirty. Whereas a, a kid will shit on with the <laughs> Yeah, he's walking around with sneakers and he's pissing on the floor. Thank you, Roomba. <laughs> but they actually smear, those Roombas can smear well, shit as well. Well, yeah, that's the, the whole thing. That's true. Actually, I take it back. You're not the kind of guy that would have a Roomba. You're the kind of guy that would have, have a few issues with the Roomba. And <laughs> 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 have assessed it deeply and yeah. decided against no, no, it. You're no. waiting for Roomba Mark yeah, 12. But, but also bigger spaces, I think, could be, yeah, yeah. Could be good. I mean, the reason why you're here is obviously to promote your podcast, Big Hamish time. and Handy. Hamish and Handy Show. Yeah. Um, you know, get, get it get it from your favourite podcast pipe. Uh, that's, <laughs> get all, all, all podcasts are piped. I mean, you've you've managed to have a career where you can start. What, when's the first episode? March. Usually, we launch at March Eve, mm-hmm. um, which of course is the 29th of Feb. Um, but this year, we've had to push it just for a few logistic issues into to next week, um, March six. I think is next, next Thursday. Yeah, oh man, Cold I don't chicken. Wanna, don't wanna bore everyone with it, but um, a few budgetary issues. <laughs> just getting all, our, just getting all our ducks in a row. So yeah, yeah. a bit of a later start this year, yeah. but traditionally March Eve yeah. um, is and when we celebrate the return of the podcast. And what do you What do you do in the meantime? I think for for a lot of people, right, yeah. you get to see you do the podcast, you see you on uh, mm-hmm. Lego Masters, all sure. this sort of stuff. What's like the time in between for you? Well, I mean, you know, it's like podcasting. You guys, we're we're hot on your heels. I mean, you do it daily. Yeah. We're pretty close to. We sort of do it weekly, forty weeks a year. So very close <laughs> in that sense. You, know, you barely get time to breathe. You know, yeah. you get home, take your shoes off, stretch a bit, wash your socks, get back. You know, straight back on the bike. Um, <laughs> in between that, in between those forty days a year that we're busy podcasting. Um, do you know? What? I'm personally my mantra. I mean, like I'm, I like. I much prefer a project that kind of is like intense for a month or two mm-hmm. and then nothing. Like my goal in life, especially at this time while I've got mm. young kids, is to not be busy. Like I think when people are like, yeah, man, I'm keeping busy, just trying to stay busy, I'm like that sounds like the worst idea yeah. in the world to me. I'm very anti-busy. So my goal is actually to try and do very the, the least amount mm. of work for the most amount of reward. Mm-hmm. I think you hear a lot of people say, I mean, Jules Lundy saying, you know, what he wants in the future, that zero, like doing nothing. What's your mind doing? Because you have come from a, when you were super, super busy. I mean, when you're trying to create the career that you want and there is a busyness to that, what is the mind saying when you do have the time to not be busy? I mean, I think it probably just comes a bit with age, but it's it's more just about enjoying the present, about being present and having kids definitely changed Mm. the game a bit for me in that. We like I if 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 today I'm in the backyard and we're feeding some like a broken doll a stick and if I'm doing that with my yeah, two year old yeah. like I love that like that's a yeah. very happy rewarding day for me whereas I suppose that you know like our careers were pretty intense in our twenties we would pedal super hard for and I guess the idea was like the reward was delayed like it was really fun doing it we loved doing it we mm. didn't have other things we felt like <laughs> we were giving up to do it. And we made that decision and you wouldn't change it. But you were also like, oh, well, you, you know, you're putting in the work now for some sort of delayed reward. But it, for, for me, the goal is to not 
fall into that trap of kind of going, oh, I'll have fun later on when I'm finished working mm. to go, I know every, I know in my heart that I'll get to 70 and go, I'll give anything to be 38 again. Mm. Everyone would. but And so I'm trying, I do try and live a lot in that sort of mindset of just going, this is a, this is like I've got right now what I know I'll give anything for in the future, which is mm. like an afternoon with a two-year-old. Yeah. Sevs, um, you were just looking at last episode that we did with Haim, episode 100. Something you said in that. Gosh. Have you got the audio or just? It's only, been, only been 5.22 since I've been. Yeah. Yeah. But um, can you just play a little bit of that? Yeah, sure. Okay. And then we'll talk about it. It might be the thing that you needed to do 630 episodes of before the penny dropped and the light went on and suddenly something became so obvious to you that you couldn't believe you didn't mm-hmm. think of it 630 shows earlier. Mm-hmm. But... So- <laughs> So basically, you're uh, eight eight off. (laughs) Then we're done. The show's finishing in eight episodes. I I wonder what it's going to be. What's the penny? What what, what penny's going to drop? Well, and also, why did we? Why why does it sound like we're on AM radio? (laughs) We're we're back a hundred episodes. I was actually very nervous because we we specifically don't get ninety seven to play audio. (laughs) Can we just say you did well? This is is good. This feels like this is like (laughs) slick. Let's pull up the archive. And it sounded like a flashback. The reason why it sounds shit is because you played it through the transcriber, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Like, so but we had the point, transcriber. Yeah. That I'm like logs all the... Exactly. The, the, and so that did sound like quality. it was us live from the Berlin Olympics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I've thought about that a lot. It's like the thing we're doing right now might not be the thing we do in the future and it might not, but it will get us there. That's and, it. And so for you... The, the Hamish Annie show where you're at now. What is that? What is that thinking? Looking back on your career, how does that sit? What is that? What do you think oh, about? I, I feel extremely lucky to have done all the stuff we've done and to still have the things we've got yet to come in the future. The, I mean, for me, a big part of life is basically like the stories you get to tell, like your adventures, your memories. I kind of think that's all that's going to count in the end. Mm. Is like what sort of adventure you were able to go on and what what sort of fun were you able to have with the people you love and care about and you know what we able to learn and what were hopefully you're able to teach your kids and, and, and pass on to them. So I'm extremely lucky because I think that that world, especially through the radio show days, gave us a huge um, scope to sort of meet fascinating people and go to fascinating places and and face good, useful pressures, like mm. the pressures at the time we thought were huge and we could, uh, you know, battle them and still have fun and stick together and maintain our friendship and all that sort of stuff. So I think we we learned. I'm really grateful that we were in that mm. that, that sort of hectic environment and and that's what it is for me. That, that's the legacy. The legacy we got to have that much fun. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when you talk to eighteen-year-olds and you go, you know, they're they're full of all these ideas about what they want to do when they grow up and stuff. And you're like, guys, you don't understand that all the the stories you make in like the next five years, like the hijinks you get up to, that's going to be like eighty percent of your stories for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, true. Because when you're thirty-eight, you we're all still talking about stuff we did when we were twenty-two. This is what I'm saying to you, Happy Harry. I'm all yeah. like, I'm. I feel like I also project myself on onto him because you're 18. Yep. Uh, what What are you thinking thinking about right now, from from a story's perspective? Like, do you feel like you're at the beginning of something? Yes, but then I've also got some projects that I've done in the past that I want to continue, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm struggling with is working out when to end something. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like how. Stop beating the dead horse in a way. 630 eps is usually a good ballpark. (laughs) I mean, if it feels like a dead horse, stop beating it. Um, (laughs) It feels like a a live horse, don't beat it either. (laughs) But, I mean, there's a difference between putting, you know, I I got given some good advice too, which is sometimes we go, ah, you know, I've got to stop everything. Like I've got to quit my job, like move away to like focus on this thing that I'm trying to do. 
you usually don't have to do that. You usually do have time to do the new thing, but you're scared or there's a fear, not necessarily you, Harry, but like generally there's a fear holding us back. So we sort of blame the other stuff that's in our life mm-hmm. for holding us back for the thing we want to do. When realistically we've probably got time, to, almost certainly got time to do both yeah. because as we all know, like one good solid hour, especially in our industry of work, is, a, you know, you can write a whole concept for a TV show or you could like come up with an idea for a film or like one hour of producing a great idea could set you up for years. Mm. So you've always got an hour. It's yeah. not that you ac- you have another job doing something you like that's getting in the way of that magic hour. It's just that you are using your other commitment as a as a as an easy excuse to why it hasn't happened yet. So I got given some good advice too, which is like if you're under something good, like you don't have to put it in an early grave. Mm-hmm. That that's your brain's not waiting for you to quit all the things that you're enjoying doing and that are working for you to do something else. You can do you can do both things. You can be a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Do you think we we listen to more people when we're younger? Like I guess parents and friend, old friends, do you think yeah. that you've gotten better at sort of finding your own voice? Or yeah, finding, may, yeah you maybe know? you do. I think, you, you you know, it's that thing if you start out trying, whatever field you're in, I suppose, you start out imitating mm-hmm. what you think is good and then just over time you realise that's what everyone does and then eventually you find your own voice in whatever that is, whether you're like a, you know, a doctor or an mm-hmm. author or whatever it is, you eventually find your own voice. And I think the closer you can get to that, who you are, you'll just be a lot more satisfied in Do you life. think that you – do you start to realise, like I feel like uh, we're a construct of all the shit that's obviously already happened to us. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that thing, like Tommy always picks up that I correct him anytime he says a word wrong or anything like that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's Lynn Jansen because my mum would always like mm. – I said advertisement once in a film. And she said, oh, it's advertisement. That's the American. And the last time you saw it. Um, and so there's all, the, all those types of things. I feel like, Harry, you've got the pressure too. You've come from a country town. Yep. You're studying in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the pressure of like, okay, you know, mum and dad of, you know, supporting sure. me here? Got to do everything I can to make the most of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. A lot of that. There's a lot of that feeling. And I suppose it's, that's the funny one. It's like. Because would I be right in saying, Harry, you're like, I've got to do a good thing. Like I've got to, you know, everyone asks you probably, what are you going to do? Like Mm. what are you going to do with your life? What are you doing next? So you have this feeling Mm. of like, oh, I've got to have a plan. I've got to impress everyone with my plan and my next step. But what I was saying before about like you you always feel like telling 18-year-olds, like it doesn't really matter what your plan is. Like just just ferociously find something that you love doing. And it's an old cliche, but, you, you know, get into it, fail a lot. You know, you don't you don't get into it to fail. You think you're going to kill it, and then you do fail. Then you're like, oh, this is a disaster. But it's all that stuff that be, you realize when you're like 28 was the funnest part of your eight, you being an 18 year old because you thought the world was going to end and it didn't. And everyone has their own versions of those stories. But you, of course, you don't. You you you're never going to like write a film with the express hope that someone at Screen Australia tears it up and laughs and says you'll never work in the film industry. Like no one wants that feeling. Mm-hmm. But if something like that did happen and then you kept going with filmmaking and then when you're 30 you're in Hollywood, of course you look back on that and laugh. So it's all that, it's just that stuff of going, it feels big now and it Mm. is big and I'm not diminishing it for people who are going through stuff, but it's, you know, you always remind yourself that that's the stuff you're going to have a laugh about. Mm -hmm. Well, there's also the convincing yourself of internally that you're on the right path, which whatever that means, it's like uh, maybe, you know, when you started Radio Karate years and years ago, what it is now and what it was at the start 
Did you even think about what it would become or? No. And you never feel ready. Like yeah. I've never felt ready for any aspect. You looked ready on Lego Masters. You looked really, really ready. ready actually. You'd, you'd done the training when you were young. That was tricky <laughs> because you got to look at the wall and yeah. there's, you might have noticed like a series of numbers on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a clock. So I have to be able to look at that and just juice time left in the challenge. Not a lot of people understand this. People just think it's random numbers. It's not. It's <laughs> counting down in minutes, hours and seconds. And I've got to be able to yell out the time. So it's tricky. It's really tricky. Real Lego Masters is very difficult. But I was ready for that because I had experience with clocks. Yeah. But everything else I wasn't ready <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for in my life. Like, you know, any like radio deal, you know, I'd always be like, that's it. We're doing like one year. Like I feel like this is crazy. We can't go up with 400, three, 200 shows in a year. Like I can't believe I'm signing this. That's it. No way. One year we're retiring and we'd be like 24 and be like, that's it. After this, no way. Can't, like couldn't fathom doing more than that. And we just did that like five times. Then took a few years off, then did it another two or three times. So, But it just always felt like this is too much, like I'm not mm. ready. And I guess that was my trick of going, okay, well, it's just one year of like tricking myself into doing it. And then, you you know, you get ready as you're doing it. That's, that's uh, I mean, that's certainly been my experience. Mm. I've never felt completely prepared for stuff. So, And I know waiting until I feel ready is like a guaranteed way to miss out on mm. the fun of life. So my professional life, I've just probably spent tricking myself <laughs> into, you know, being terrified and then also tricking myself into having to do something anyway because you know you're going to be ultimately fine once you get into it. Mm. What have you learnt about being in a team? I do enjoy being in a team. Mm -hmm. um, I do. I, I think it has its pros and cons. You know, I think that I think teams work absolutely at their best when there are degrees of autonomy within the team. I think, you know, Ricky Gervais's favourite saying of a camel is a horse built by committee is true. I think if you if everything is a group decision, teams are irrelevant and 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 costly but if if everybody knows their role and their position and more so loves and and supports and and like really values the other people's roles and positions then teams are can work phenomenally well like you know the the that's when the sum is way bigger the product is way bigger than the sum of the parts so those are really fun environments to work in and i've and i've and i kind of have loved working in the team too because you constantly get taught that you don't you're just not good at everything and mm. like even Lego Masters, for example, that's a diff it's a bit of a different show for me to do because I'm used to producing TV ourselves. Like it's our production company and we are in charge. Like we, you know, if something happened and I went, I don't like this, I could stop it mm -hmm. on on a radio karate show, like on a Hamish and Andy show, because I own the company we're, along with four, three other guys. So I ultimately could just be like, we're not doing this. Mm. On Lego Masters, if something happened that I didn't like, I couldn't stop it. I mean, they would listen to me because I'm the host, but they'd be like, well, you don't own the company, yeah, mate. Yeah, that's right. Throw, throw Lego at you. You're not even the producer and you keep stealing all the Lego so we could criminally prosecute <laughs> you. So. But yeah, it's yeah. a funny environment where you're like, yeah. I don't have – so you would think that would be a more nervous mm. environment to go, I don't have ultimate control here. But I've really liked that experience. It's a really different world, but I like just being the host. I turn up. What it's taught me is the people that are making that show, like we've got a producer called um, David McDonald, DMAC, he's so good at what he does. I don't know. I turned up obviously the first year to go, I have no idea how a show like this is made. Mm. I can't. I don't know how this is made. I've got a few ideas about how I could fit into it and what we could go for on screen and what, what the challenges could be and how we could make this fun. But I'm not in charge of making the show. And so I had to kind of – it was my first – Experience in a while of working with someone 
and, and like a, a team and a director and stuff that I hadn't really met. So it was a big leap of faith mm. because I was so used to just working with my best mates from high school who you know you have a lot of like telepathy with and you bring a lot of um, shared history. So there's a lot of shorthand that we've developed over the years. And so suddenly you're working on a professional level with these people that you uh, respect and admire but you don't know if you're going to mm. gel with. And I, what I loved so much about Lego Master Season 1 was there were several times when arrogantly in my head I was like, I'm so right, I'm, I, this, this, what we're doing is wrong, this isn't going to work. But, I'm, you know, they've all, they're, they're doing it. And they were, you know, we'd all voice our opinions and we, we'd go away where internally I was adamant it was wrong. And I reckon at least six or seven or eight big times during the show, that definitely turned out to be right. And if we'd done the thing that I was seeing, they're <laughs> yeah. going, I know what I'm doing, we're not doing it right, yeah. it would have been a disaster. It would have been terrible because I'm just looking at it through my prism. So I really loved that experience as a reminder of going, you, that's the point of teams. Like if you're left to your own devices, of course you're going to try and auteur it and that there's mm. a great mm. time to be an auteur. But in making a show like that, I would have made a lot of, if it was completely left up to me, which I don't know how that would work, but if I was just mm. like the guys, whatever I say we're doing on the show, we would have had bad episodes and we would have had bad, like we would, it would have been a shittier show. Mm. So I loved, that was one of my favourite things about doing Lego, coming at the back going, I loved the experience of going, I was super duper wrong a lot of the time and I'm lucky to work with a team who were really gentle about the fact that I, was, I, I wasn't on the right page. Mm. And then sometimes I was on the right page and I would be, I would throw some ideas in and then they would become part of the show and we were better for it. But you hit, my hero wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. And if you were left up to your own devices, you'd just be doing 100% what you want to do. So I loved coming out of that going, I feel like the good things I had to offer for the show were incorporated and some of my poor, less well thought out or not appropriate ideas were gently handled and we went in a different direction. And now in hindsight I realise that was definitely the right direction to mm-hmm. go in. And so when do you listen to your internal voice? I think you've got to listen to it all the time because that's what you, what, you, what you bring to the table. Otherwise, I'm just a guy that says words. Mm. Um, I was going to say off an auto cue, but we don't have one. So I'm not even that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't use an auto cue. Otherwise, so do you struggle with an auto cue? I just don't like doing the same thing twice. So I'm a nightmare in the edit, I think, even for a show like Lego. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to redo an intro or something. How much have you, like what, is there being a specific moment where you've royally fucked continuity for them? Uh, I don't think I've fucked continuity. Um, there's, definitely, there's definitely a thing coming up in this next season where I smash something massive and you really only get one take at that, but <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I nailed it. So, no, I don't think I've destroyed okay. it too badly, but, yeah, I... I know if this is a if this is something that needs to be said mm-hmm. properly, I'll put a lot of effort into making sure I get it right because I just hate doing mm. the same thing over and over again. But sorry, what, what so like we... anxiety, so the internal voice because oh, I sorry, the internal voice. So like... essentially, I've learned I learned mm-hmm. that first season because I was like, oh, I mean, you know, going into it, I was like, am I? This is a reality show. Like, should I be even doing this because I'm I'm not? I've never really hosted anything, and so I've done stuff with Ando and. But, but like driving something and, and just sort of standing there and going, all right, it's all on me. I, I, li- I know I work well in, a, in an environment where I, pr- I like to react to stuff and, and, and I like the chaos and the randomness of just having to react to things. That's kind of my preferred game. Mm-hmm. That's why radio is super fun because mm-hmm. you can't plan two hours. You're just reacting for two hours and having as much fun as you can. So there was a bit of me going th- that was going, well, I don't know if my instincts are perfectly matched to this job because my instincts are reactive and you have to kind of be managing the vibe. You're, you're kind of in charge of the mood when you're hosting a show like that. So you do have to – and I was like, well, I don't want to become Jeff Probst, but this is 
you've got to kind of be in charge of this room. But I was questioning my internal dialogue a little bit and you and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure, and there were definitely parts in that first season where I was, you know, you're insecure and you're nervous if this is even going to work or it's going to be a show or if they made a mistake putting me in here where you probably things pop into your head but you don't say them because you're trying to play it a little safer. Mm. But the times where I would just go, oh, well, fuck it, and say stuff, you realise then watching the show back, that's the stuff that makes the edit, the stuff where you're kind of listening to your internal voice. So I think you learn to yeah, trust it yeah. but you just don't hang on to it too tightly. So my method of working is like I will just try a lot of stuff and We'll say a lot of things, but then if you don't put in the effort, I wouldn't. In the edit, I will totally understand because I'm not saying them because I'm like these must go on television. I'm just trying to listen mm. to my instincts and in, in, in sort of do what I think is right in the moment. But I, I, I like working in a team where someone else picks what was the right thing in the moment. It's not me self-picking. Yeah. I think I've seen a, r- a real pattern in people that are able to pick out weaknesses that they have. I, Me personally, I can identify all my weaknesses but uh, but I, I think five. I don't really have thanks, any. bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this works well then. Um, knowing your strengths, I think, is a tough thing. Yeah, because it relies on this convincing of yourself to go. No, that I am actually good. It's not any self self doubt that could creep up to smash it down. How are you with identifying your strengths and? Weaknesses? I think I think I think I'm more. I think I'm, I know what I'm good at. But um, the battle I think I guess for anyone is to go. Know what you're good at, but I think for anyone it's important to go, but I'm not flawlessly good. So it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So something like Lego is a kind of a great show. Uh, the reason I love doing it is it kind of fits the mould of what I think or I think I can bring something to the table, which is I can say some stuff, but it's not flawless. And it's like it, it has a huge spectrum. Some is A plus and some is a big old D. <laughs> yeah. And on a live show, everything's going to make it. So your big old fails, like, are going to be a bit more obvious. But on mm. a show where you're literally in a shed for, like, 12 hours making Lego and you're speaking for six and the episode's 45 minutes long, a lot of stuff's going to hit the cutting room floor. So, mm. I'm, you know, you, I, I'm like, that suits me well because definitely what everything I'm going to say is not great, but some of it hopefully is good enough to make it in. Do you then start to realise, okay, um, all these conversations that you had previously with Radio Karate where you've had control, do you think that it, going into those types of projects where you can make the decisions, do you think that you would be more detached now? Yeah, and I, but that's what, sorry, yeah, uh, possibly yes. Uh, even after Lego, maybe a bit more so. But I think the one of the reasons we work well at Radio Karate, so it's me and Andy and Tim and Ryan, is we have such we do have very different brains mm-hmm. and we happily hand over tasks to other people to do and we've got so good at not making like when we actively aren't the committee like we don't we got we've got we got good I think at letting go of some of the arbitrary things like well we all have to be in here mm. or we all if we're gonna think of an idea it has to be nine o'clock and mm. it's, you know the things we realize don't count in the end like the like sort of arbitrary adherence to rules and norms and traditions of work. That was the stuff I realised I think early on we were like, well, some of us don't work that way and that's totally fine. What we care about is getting a good show on TV and a, p- a part of getting a good show on TV is coming out with a good idea. Another part is then recognising the good ideas out of the shit ones. Another part is then when you've got the good idea, all the massive amount of work and preparation it will take to give it a chance to be filmed. Another part is when it is being filmed, did you execute it well? Another part is after it's been executed well, can you edit it properly? And the other part is like once you've edited it properly, can you smooth out and do all that stuff? So we all know the parts and we all know we're definitely not masters of every part. Mm. Uh, yeah, a lot going on. Michael Bungay-Stania, <laughs> I was talking to you MBS. about him the 
Uh, I ordered day. the book. It hasn't come yet. Oh, really? Which one? Mate. The coaching habit or the well, new one? Well, that's not out yet, is it? Oh, no, well, no, advice, the trap. Habit, advice trap comes out tomorrow. Gotcha. But I did order. These sound like these sound like great books. Yeah. And so anyway, they are great books. I uh, I did a bit of the coaching thing. I thought it would be fun if uh, TJ you could coach Hamish, and we could just see how how it goes oh, yeah. to end the show. Yeah, All right. Um, okay. So Hamish, how are you? Oh, he doesn't he's start good. normally. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm building in banter. Yeah, I'm building in some banter. I'm doing it my way, not MBS I'm with on banter. the fucking ropes. <laughs> <laughs> really great question. Well, I guess if I measure up my father's expectations of me. No, I'm good. I feel pretty good. good. I feel pretty good. What's, um, what's the biggest challenge for you at the moment? Biggest challenge? I, uh, for some reason, it's time management, even though I'm not doing heaps. That's a bit of an embarrassing challenge. But I, I would like. I'm practicing. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing with a few different ways of structuring my week. You know, mm. bit of a life change. I wanted to be there for pick up and drop off for my little boy at school, but I should still have a bit of time around that with podcasting once a week yeah. to create time to. Because I'm in a bit of a blank slate at the moment. Like we don't have too many commitments coming up. Andy and I will hopefully do another travel show in the not too distant future. We do love doing that. That would be a huge call to pretend that that's a pressing issue, though. So I've got space to to figure out what a, a fun new project could be. My challenge is protecting the space. Mm. What else? Oh, he's good. Um, not getting sick from that one bite of chicken that I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a huge challenge I can feel happening internally on a on a microbiological Present level. level. Yeah. Um, so I've got my microbiome is fighting that. Um, if I do get sick, I'll need more time. Um, what else in the yeah? I mean, just being a good, being a better dad, being a better husband. There's a that's important to me. I think the more time you put into that stuff, the more results you'll get. Not always great mm. results, but you know, it's certainly if you do want to be a better dad and you do want to be a better husband, it re- relies time and attention. So that's that's on my mind. Uh, what would be what would be the brave thing to do? Brave thing to do would be to tell my wife that she was very right about an argument we had this morning about Good. processed porridge versus uncut steel cut oats. <laughs> I like the sachets and I'm allowed to have them because I'm a grown-up and she's never questioned that. But then the kids see me having them and they want the sweet porridge. I mistakenly thought that there was about 10 grams of sugar per 100 in the sachets. I think there's about 20. So it is a lot of sugar to give you You kids. also put sprinkles on. And- that's on the steel cut oats. Okay. So sure. you're right. Um, that's And so Zoe goes to a lot of effort to make them and then it became a bit of a thing this morning because they'll – you know, they're just mm. tired at the moment. They melt down at breakfast time. And in my head I went, it's not a big deal today mm. to just give them sachet porridge. Um, and then it's like, it's, it's like it's not really good food for them. It's pretty sugary. And I was like, yeah, I get it, but I'm giving it to them anyway. And so the brave thing to do would be like, you're 100% right. Um, <laughs> and I, I pride myself on knowing uh, being numbers man and facts man. And I thought it was about 10% sugar. And then I looked it up later and it's about 20% sugar. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. That's I mean, and, and still cut oats, to be honest, is about 3% sugar. So, yeah. you know what? Honestly, the both thing to be like, yeah, that's, that's, we, we, we can, we can rejig, you know, <laughs> we can rejig, we can rejig the porridge situation. <laughs> Any Great. questions, Josh? Uh, no, that was perfect. Uh, that's good. Uh, thank you. No, you've given me something to think about now. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Call yeah. Zoe right now. I'm please. driving home to tag team with her to look after my daughter and, um, we're going to have a little porridge conversation. <laughs> uh, Hamish Blake, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's the Daily Talk Show. Actually, Harry- We didn't even talk about buying your camera. 
Oh, yeah. He, he <sighs> wants to buy the 1DX, which yeah. is great. Okay. Harry, do you have any? Oh, like, only for a steal. The Uber Eats integration, we're getting 10 grand. So we could. <laughs> there was no That's integration. actually done yeah. really well there. No. Um, any sorry, questions on television Very just for very quickly? Harry, how, Harry loves how do you go? So like, um, um, tr- not travel guy, uh, gap year. Yep, gap year. How do you make sure you don't like, because part of it is showing the differences between our culture and their culture some of the time. True. How do you make sure you don't offend that culture yep. when you're reacting to how they? Yeah, that's. Live? I mean, I guess that's that comes down to a level of degrees and probably more just human decency and sensitivity. It's a good point because we we don't. I mean, it probably happens before we even get close to doing stuff with with people. We certainly don't want to offend anyone, we, and, and we also don't want the tone of the show. I think it would be a double whammy. Like it wouldn't be funny, and it would mm. do damage. It's not the kind of thing you want to put into the world to just – the whole point is to try and laugh at what we've got in common rather than mm. highlight the differences we have. So it probably comes down to like when we're doing our research and kind of like going, okay, well, we're going to find a monk that runs across water or whatever. That seems like a fun thing to go and do. We needed to sort of tick two boxes. The best, best stuff that we're looking for is like is this sort of a unique thing that we haven't heard of before that makes us laugh and we would genuinely want to go and do this? Like we are getting like – t- Tying weights to your dick or something. Yeah, to be like, but let's do this. Like, if I can't believe they do this. Like, what a great story. Let's go and let's meet this guy that ties weights to his dick and balls, just to be clear. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like right around the base. Reinforced. So it's actually really technically. I mean, the definitely you can, you can, yeah, you can feel it on your dick and balls, but it's like the base of your abdomen. So. And that's how that guy was able to lift like 300 kilos, which is an insane deadlift, let alone dick lift. (laughs) So something like that, that's a great example because you're like, okay, this is, I mean, it involves dicks. It's going to be weird. People are going to be like, what is this? Like, what is this thing? But we know we want to go there and go like, we get this is serious. This is important to you. Like you wouldn't put the practice in to do this. We want to make sure that when we turn up, we're seeing something that genuinely to us is fascinating and fun, but it only works if we're having fun with the person mm. that's doing it. Like we genuinely and generally are finding people that are making their own fun. Like that sport is not for everyone, but the guys that do it, and it is just guys, <laughs> mm. the guys that do it, it's fun for them. And it's like, and I think that's what draws us to us. We're like, we want to go and find it. Like we have a lot of stuff that we think is fun. We want to go and find stuff that, that these guys are going, this is fun for us. And it's un- their down ball. And understand why it's fun for them. <laughs> it's their down ball. So just very foreign to Josh. Well, they're doing the work for you. Like the guy with the um, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the cat I mean, the, that came and found you. What was it? It's like a, um, what's the name of that bloody oh, animal? The, the Wolverine. The Wolverine that <laughs> came and Like that the, dude. You're right. You don't need to do anything. He'll do all I the mean, work yeah. for you. America's a different story because they're just like born to be on television. <laughs> But you're right. In a sense, they are doing all the work for us because generally we meet someone at the end of a long, like 5, 10, 20 years of investing their time into a passion mm. that to the average person in Australia is an, is will take a second to get their head around, like, you know, having wolverines and training them for avalanche rescue. Like, that's his passion. <laughs> it's not my passion. That would be weird if it was my passion and I'd never met a Wolverine. But I can understand it because I we love seeing people passionate about stuff. And I think Anna and I just enjoy immediately jumping into people's worlds and sharing the passion. Like that's what makes us happy and that's what gives us fun doing it. Mm. And we hope and I think that there's an antidote against when against feeling like we're exploiting people because we're not. We we we, we our genuine goal is to celebrate with them that this is fun, like we love fun. Our names are Hamish and Eddie. We love having fun. You've 
got something that you clearly have fun with. Let's all have fun together with this thing that you have. Love it. It's entering into the fun, right? It's completely entering into the fun. Like we want to be on the ride with someone, not watching them on a ride going, what a weird ride. Yeah. Great question, Harry. Really good question, Harry. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully – uh, it's, it is something we think about and for those reasons, A, we wouldn't have any fun doing it anyway and B, you don't want to put stuff into the world that, you know, we don't want to divide people. We, like the whole fun of this is like we are sure that everywhere we go in the world you will find people that are having fun. I'm sure we could go to North Korea and find people that are having an, less of a barrel of a laugh because there's not as much <laughs> avenues to have a barrel of a laugh but people yeah. that just like us yeah. want to have fun yeah. and that's yeah. kind of what we love about it. It's a daily talk show, hi at thedailytalkshow.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, if you want to subscribe on the podcast apps, that's also appreciated. Otherwise, see you tomorrow. See you guys.